welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by. Eh, mostly ignore it. Look at the movies come out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in London. I'm with my man Sam. Sam, say hi to the people. How you doing? Sam, doing well. And uh, we're joined by a very special guest uh, this time around. We have Ali Woods. Uh, Thanks, I, thought, I thought you were about to introduce someone else. Sorry, I've taken oh, oh. <laughs> introduced my very special guest. I was like, who the they call this no, show? no, 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 Ali, it's you. Uh, looking okay. resplendent. Um, very, um, wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> um, very, I know this is an audio, I know it's an audio medium. So looking like Man. a German expressionist. Just like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just need this to be very serious for a minute and just look like this. I mean, listeners, yeah, the the glee I said this when I came on I was like I'm wearing a turtleneck so I'm gonna look like a film critic and Lincoln was immediately like this isn't being filmed <laughs> just like so quickly just like just chill out man this is a podcast yeah. I, I really need you to lower your expectations about what we kind of do here but um, <laughs> I am very happy that you're on uh, Ali is a comic uh, we know out on the circuit hilarious hilarious dude he has a podcast that he has with um, Tom and I've never said his name out loud. No, you don't um, need to. Don't bother. Uh, it's fine. It's, I mean, I'm, I, whatever. There's some guy, no, no. Tim, Tim, Tim something or other. We go for it. Tom, Tom Elwes? Tom Elwes, is that correct? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm saying this to someone whose surname is Fundervest, is it? Like, I'm, I'm like, I can't really... Uh, uh, is uh, it uh, pronounced Smythe? What is that? <laughs> Smith? No, no, but, but both these dudes are very funny. They've got a podcast called um, All I Do Is Fail, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one, man. Yeah, you want to check um, out Adif Pod on social medias, but all I do is fail on all good platforms. Yeah, very funny, very. And funny check out podcast. the YouTube because we film it, and you can see I'm on the turtleneck. Oh, I thought this would be a good start debut for the turtleneck, but I was wrong. So maybe it'll be next episode <laughs> yeah. on there. This is classic early, like road testing out his outfits on other people's podcasts. <laughs> New material. <laughs> New material night. Before he breaks it in <laughs> on his own audience, he's like, oh, let me see if these B-plot fucking scumbags, if they'll be impressed. Yeah. It did all right on the B-plot one, so I think on the main one, it might really do well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so guys, obviously, as you know, we watched two movies that came out on the exact same day. Now, the movies that came out uh, this time around, Independence Day Resurgence, which is technically Independence Day 2, came out in 2016 and the movie that came out on the exact same day is a film called Nuts, N-U-T-S, Nuts. Um, let's start with Independence Day Resurgence. Now, Ali, just so we get a sense of um, who you are as a person and also all of your thoughts and feelings, um, what sort of movie goer are you? What sort of movies are you most fond of? Yeah, I mostly watch movies with my dick out. I think that's, that's the main thing. It's um, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Schindler's yeah. List, four stars. <laughs> uh, like, exactly, you know, you got to set yourself a challenge. So the uh, no, I I am a big film fan. I used to be more into. It. I used to do uh, a film radio show at uni. So student radio, you can imagine how terrible that was. But I used to love and going to film as much as possible. So we had like these free tickets. That's basically why I did it. So we had these free tickets. We could watch a film every week. So I'd go to the cinema and watch it when I was a student. Um, I will watch anything. I'm fairly open-minded. I don't mind. I like to know as little as, about the film as possible before I go into it, um, which was easy to do with nuts anyway, because I don't think, I don't know how many people have watched it. Maybe this is half of them in the, in the podcast. Um, Almost certainly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll be up for watching anything. Uh, but I just don't, I find it hard to fit them in now with the gigging. Well, before pandemic with the gigging, because, um, you know, you've got to commit to it. I'm a big also, if I'm watching it, 
I don't want noise from people. I'm very strict. I'm a fascist watcher of films. You know, I don't want someone messaging. I don't want someone going, why has he done that? I was like, no, no, watch the film. Um, this mm. is why we're here. You know, I d someone, when I was once, someone started watching a video on their phone whilst we were watching the film with the volume on. I kicked them out and that was the end of that relationship. But the, the that, you know, <laughs> that's how I watch films. That is that is actually the biggest sit what you've just described. I had a mate who used to do that, who I am also no longer mates with, because it's like, bro, like your thing, your device comes mm. with headphones. Mm. Like they sell the phone with the headphone. So you never you need doing? to be playing volume. You don't you don't even need to be doing it if we're not watching a movie. You don't need to be doing it like <laughs> if we're just chatting. If if two other people are chatting. Stick your fucking headphones in, but it's, man. It's a, it's a big red flag of a person's character, I think. I remember when I was I was going up to Manchester and it was the day after that Brexit day, like that day where loads of white people filed into London and celebrated like the independence from a trade agreement. And then was, I was going up to Manchester and in the aisle opposite me, like there were people going back to like Stockport who have come down for like the Brexit day and they were just banging out Nigel Farage speeches on their phones, no headphones. And from that day, I was like, I was like, if I, if I watch Nigel Farage speeches with no headphones on a packed train, just kill me. Just hope the mm. train goes off the side because I don't want to be that person. I also bet those are the same people who are like kids with their music on the back of the bus. And I'm like, it's, you know, you know what? Less offensive, less offensive <laughs> to my ear than having to hear Farage. Yeah, this country's gone to the dogs uh, because people are playing Kendrick Lamar on a bus. Me, me pumping out someone being like, we've got our country back from those bloody migrants. You know, I'm like, good to have him in the building. I, I have to feel like if you are the kind of person who would listen to them, like listen to music and stuff like out loud like that, man, I have to feel like you, you have to be like one of the greatest fighters <laughs> in the world like you like you must be like conor mcgregor level like because you you know that you're only ever 10 seconds away from from a proper fight um but because guys please we're going all over the place where we want to go is independence day to resurgence now ali you picked these movies um we very graciously as we are benevolent allowed you to pick these movies why did you pick these films because Sam asked me for a blockbuster, I was keen to pick something I haven't watched before because it gives me an excuse to watch it. Um, like I was, you know, when you have those moments when you're doing like comedy and you're like talking to someone who's like a nurse and you're like, man, I had a busy day too. I had to watch two films back to back. Like it was crazy. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, didn't even could barely have a break in between. Um, but I was, so I was looking forward to watching something new. And I remember blockbuster when that came to that immediately came to mind, Independence Day Resurgence, because I remember when that was coming out and the trailers were coming out, I was like, I can't wait to, I just want to watch that with a big bag of popcorn and just watch, you know, just Jeff Goldblum fighting these, a big, but it's a bigger ship. Like, you know, I wanted to see, <laughs> I wanted to see that. Um, but then I never managed, I never managed to get to the cinema um, to watch it. So I thought this is a perfect time because it's a huge blockbuster. But I, I was just hoping it was okay. And Sam said it was, so that was the end of the conversation. No, look, yeah. <laughs> this is, I do want to just jump in with, with a, because this is actually quite an interesting one. Because uh, yeah, you said Independence Day and then Nuts was like the only thing that came out on the same Weird. day that bombed. Uh, and But it's quite an interesting one because Independence Day Resurgence was a, was a flop in the two biggest cinema markets, which is America and China, right? Uh, but internationally, it killed. It doubled, you know, doubled its money. So 
it was a really interesting one where it was projected to make something like 14 to 16 mil on opening weekend domestic, but it made four. And then, yeah, just made most of the profits. And Nuts is a really interesting one because it's a complete flop. It had a theatrical run. It made like thousands, but crushed it on the festival circuit. Mm. so it's like we've got we've got quite an interesting like a blockbuster that bombed and a bomb that killed ah, oh, that's quite cool that's yeah, why cool. i picked them because of that interesting nuance <laughs> that sam just explained to me just, <laughs> just two minutes ago <laughs> um because like i was maybe let's talk about before we get into independence day two and i can't tell you this is like classic dad annoyances i can't tell you how annoying it is to me that they can't just put two onto independence day too that they call it independence day resurgence but they don't put the two on there it's infuriating because it's like now it's just like is this like a is this related to the one is it a prequel what is it very very annoying um but maybe let's chat about the first independence day though do you want to like um i i assume ali you you watched that one and you fucked with it Oh man, yeah. Well, the, well, I haven't watched it for a while, but the first one is sort of that's what I thought the second one might be. It's sort of what you want from an action. I, I think, as I remember, I haven't watched it for a while, but the first half, genuinely sort of interesting sci-fi stuff of just the because you can imagine, you know, the pitch being alien invasion, Earth fights them off, but there's we don't just immediately invade. They come and there's sort of discussions about what this is about and stuff like that. So I like that build up. Um, and then, and then, yeah, like the, then it gets into more, you know, fighty, fighty, uh, but the man, like the guy doing the work on the actor's name, but him doing the, the, the speech, uh, to everyone and that being an iconic thing and it just being so like pro, it's like pro American, but, but like the whole world, like, you know, it's so, it's so, it's so much like, but America and the, everyone will come together and fight. And I love it, man. And then they go, I just, I think. I think what it did really well in the first one was the depth of the variant characters. I mean, it's all variety of, I mean, yeah, like they're white men, but like varieties of white men and Will Smith. But like you've got the crazy conspiracy theorists. I thought that was a good trope as well. Um, but I had to have him sort of come into light and sort of save the day. Um, and then the president being some sort of all-American action hero. It's like very popcorn trash, which I, I, I really enjoyed. But what about you guys? Man, I also like that it's Independence Day. Um which is a celebrating getting independence from the British. That's fine. No one is like mad. Not even the British are like, oh, <laughs> darn it. Like yeah. they did it again. Cause this is, there's a really funny thing. It's that like Americans have this habit of being like 4th of July and like they have a British friend and they're like, oh yeah, this is might be a weird day for you. And like most <laughs> British people are like, dude, you know, every day of the year, is Independence Day for some country for us. Yeah. <laughs> Every single day. We don't, I don't know what Equatorial Guinea is doing, but they could be celebrating their independence from Britain today. Like, as we speak. Um, it's like one day, which is like 22nd of March, where there's no Independence Day, and that's our Independence Day. That's like our <laughs> celebration of like not feeling guilty. Exactly. And so it's funny that they picked Independence Day. That's great. But like, it's also lucky, I suppose, that they didn't, that they didn't like... Uh, invade during thanksgiving so that speech <laughs> so that speech isn't just like today we celebrate our thanksgiving and then like the native americans were like oh man this is about to be real bad <laughs> it's yeah. about to go down when they negotiate for like the the aliens to like give them their weapons as a peace agreement and then they fucking snap and smash the aliens and they kill all of them and they're like we did it <laughs> independence day thanksgiving in oh, theaters <laughs> 
Uh, Sam, you I, you must have been a big fan of this joint. So th- this is a very important movie to my movie watching abilities because th- <laughs> I, this more so than a lot of movies, I have one very distinct memory of. It was another it was another Sunday night rental before having to go back to school from uh, the Apollo Video Store. Praise be. And I was I think I was seven. I was saying this film came out in 96. So it would have come out on video like a year or a year and a bit later. Uh, and my mum had rented it and she put it, we, we watched the movie and I, I'm totally into the movie. And there's that bit, the, the most iconic bit, the poster where the mothership destroys the white house. And my seven year old brain, I was like, but it's still there. And, and she was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was like, well, I know it's a movie and it's made up, but they can't blow up the white house because the white house still exists there was like this track in my brain that was like any story that you wanted to tell had to still exist within like the physical confines <laughs> of the present where i was like well, no, aliens have to blow up something that just blew up in real life <laughs> for it to make sense as a movie you want them to go for the grand canyon and be like yeah yeah, okay, yeah, like, yeah. yeah fair. that's yeah, how like, that got there now yeah. i get it it's like i really didn't understand the difference between the videos they showed you in school and like <laughs> blockbuster entertainment um, uh, yeah and i haven't i haven't seen it for a long time but it's I, w- I was very interested looking up this because I looked up Independence Day resurgence afterwards because I had a moment of like, how did you go through with this? Um, and I think it's a really interesting thing because in 1996, do you guys, you guys know what a four quadrant movie is? I, ha- I heard that term before. No, it, I, 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 I haven't. I only know it and about talking about quadrants of the, the shot where you have different stuff in four quadrants right. of the shot, but I don't know. I, the, that might not be this. Thing. So the, the Hollywood term like four quadrant movie is uh, a movie that's designed to hit all four demographics which the way they're split up is male under 25 female under 25 male over 25 female over that's the four quadrants right it's just male and female above and below 25 movies don't normally get produced unless they hit two of those demographics um and a four quadrant is the idea there's something in there for everybody and i think independence day at the time was supposed to be that, but kind of unintentionally succeeded. Independence Day Resurgence was what happens when you try and make a four-quadrant movie in a time when it's like, these four quads aren't really the movie. There's like 16 (laughs) now. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you can't really, you try and make something for everybody and you end up with no film underneath your bigger spaceship. Yeah, you go too generic. Um, Yeah, and look, it's a a tough watch. Uh, Shout-outs to the god, Roland Emmerich, who has some of... (laughs) It's like honestly some of my favorite joints um, <laughs> from my childhood. Um, the director Roland Emmerich. He did Universal Soldier. Um, let me see what else he did. I actually had this somewhere. Godzilla, so, nineteen ninety eight. Godzilla. With, he did Godzilla. Uh, Jean Reno. Stargate. He did uh, did Stargate. Um, the Patriot, who we don't talk about on this podcast because of Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam banning all Mel Gibson movies. Jews don't do Mel Gibson. <laughs> so like, you know how, much, how many great movies we've had to turn down because because that Mel Gibson made. We already uh, did Lethal Weapon. What other fucking Mel Gibson movie is there? Lethal Weapon one, three, and four. <laughs> like, what, what, what else do you, What else do you want? Uh, back in the back in the good old days, Lincoln. When they used to name them two, three, four. You know where you was with a movie then. You know what I mean. <laughs> you can even, it was great. It was a great time. Lethal Weapon 2, the best one. The best one. Um, 
We have the day after tomorrow, which I fucking loved. Uh, I watched that after tomorrow. That was oh, a stinker, man. That was fucking great. <laughs> I watched that. I watched that joint in cinema, and it had the thing where the people where it was the, the the weather is the antagonist, and um, they freeze in real time. Like yeah. people, people are walking outside in New York, and it's so cold that their body freezes in motion. I was like, oh, this is this is beautiful stuff. Isn't one of the and most gripping scenes in that when like they open the door and they're like, don't let the cold in. Isn't that one of the things when they close the door yeah. and it's like, thank God we closed the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also has uh, White House Down, which I can't believe that I've fucking seen. Yeah, it's um, insane, dude. That's a, an insane film. That's the one where I think within about two weeks of each other, there were these movies where they attacked the White House. One was called Olympus Has... Fallen. fallen, but this I understand. I did understand a bit on this. Is this why the how they loved Obama because they they made two films about saving the president in a week because they were like this guy's <laughs> fucking sick, and then like on Trump they were like hey we're not pitching those films anymore. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to antagonize people because they wouldn't save him because they, they wouldn't save him. They'd just be like Americans being like this actually solves a lot of problems if someone takes this guy out. Did you feel that watching Independence Day resurgent? Because I felt immediately, I was like, wait, this was 2016, right? When the president, they kind of make a big deal of the president is a woman now. And Bill Pullman, old president, is crazy. And I was like, so you would have been in pre-production the entire time this election was happening. Like the, the entire time the campaigns were running. And I was like, yeah, this feels like you were really confident. Yeah. Hit- Hillary yeah, was like, going to take well, it, and that Hillary's was your... going to die. <laughs> gonna, yeah, then, yeah. That's the other thing. It's actually weirdly accurate in that everyone was like, oh, Hillary's the president, and then she gets fucked up, and then he comes in and goes, ah, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. Um, yeah, that's actually, yeah, that is quite weird. I didn't think about that. But Independence Day 2 takes place um, approximately th- 20 years after the first one. Exactly. And, 20 years, uh, exactly 20 years after the first one. And... Um, <laughs> The world is uh, in harmony now. We're all together. We have no problems. We have no sexism, racism, homophobia, nothing. We've solved it. All right. The aliens came. We fucked them up uh, brilliantly. Um, And now we are in the future. And it's gorgeous. We have a female president who, which again, is only in sci-fi in America. They can't even conceive of it. Can't even conceive of it. I don't mind the aliens. I get that. But (laughs) a woman in charge? Come on now. They can't even conceive of it. It's like, what? Are you crazy? Um, And so now, but an interesting thing is starting to happen. We've we've kind of spread out across the world. We've colonized the moon. Um, So look, I look forward to that movie um the 12 years a slave of the moon <laughs> where we've fucked the people up who live there and um we they have a kind of international uh, space force but of course the aliens are coming back and we know that and uh interestingly bill Pullman, the president from uh the first movie he has a kind of psychic connection with uh the alien uh with the aliens i should say and at the same time uh, as that is happening, uh, one of the scientists, uh, he has like white hair. It, it seemed Prince to me, Spiner. yeah, it seemed to me that he is in a uh, homosexual relationship with uh, his carer. And uh, given that as Roland Emmerich, uh, noted LGBT activist, um, uh, filmmaker, making it, I didn't think that, w- I thought that was a thing. Qualify that last bit, please. Roland Emmerich. Yeah, yeah. Do- He's gay. Yeah, but has he ever made a statement? In- yeah, he made the movie Stonewall about the Stonewall riots. Touche. I didn't know that. Mm. 
That's good. Um, yeah, so I thought maybe that was a thing that he's. Uh, I thought maybe I thought that it was, was hints thing. at it. I think maybe it was it was a gay relationship as far as a Hollywood blockbuster in 2016 allows a gay relationship. They were yeah, like they were clearly of... <laughs> very good friends. <laughs> this man, a, a bunch of funny. young, ba- a bunch of young bachelors living together for <laughs> yeah. 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really cared about each other at the end. That's what it was. <laughs> the, um, the other one, uh, the other kind of thing that's happening at the same time is uh, we have uh, Jeff Goldblum is in Africa uh, with a warlord who has been fighting off the aliens uh, for 10 years. Um, and at the same time uh, as that, uh, we have the people up in space. It's uh, one of the Hemsworth. I'm going to say um, Dominic Hemsworth. Is that one? Th- no, there's not. I thought All right. It was un- I think it's Liam. I don't. I looked it up. I didn't know he was a Hemsworth. I was like, "Who are these people? Is that that's not the same kid that Will Smith had in 1996? What's going on?" You know. Oh well, yeah. So we have Hemsworth. We have Will Smith's uh, only begotten son, who isn't Jaden Smith in this one, uh, and we have uh, a, a very annoying uh, kind of best friend, uh, and they have a situation. There's a, a link between them and the president. It's not really important who these people are. It's just important that they're there. Because you can know the various fronts, and then we have the Chinese actress uh, Angela Baby, who's very famous in China. But um, mm. yeah, she's she uh, kind of the char- four lines very well in this film. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and uh, so this is just so yeah. that you can see that th- we have all of these various fronts. Uh, we also have uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad from the first film. Um, Sam and I wanted to um, bring you in here. Mm. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to all my Jewish people. Of course he did. Um, yeah. Are you okay with this portrayal of this dad? I, you, you know, like, I think I am. And the reason I am is because if this depiction was in a good movie, I would be fine with it. It's the fact that the only thing that makes me go, oh, is the fact that it's, there's no reason. Like, the, I think in the first movie, and it's the only other line I remember because I was like, what is Jewish when I was that age? But it was like, that they're all sitting down in the bunker waiting for the aliens to kill them all. And he started a little like Jewish prayer circle and he asks a guy to join who's freaking out. And the guy's like, but I'm not Jewish. And he goes, nobody's perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, ha 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 ha, stinky, like hammy shit. And I was like, even that's a little bit, Ugh. but it's, it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I do... I see all of those qualities in all of my grandparents. Do you know, like I can't, it, it's stereotypes that I can't fight against. Cause I'm like, yeah. And I, that's how I'd feel if I was in that situation. I'd be less, uh, what's the word? Like precocious you, than he was. Would you, would you call someone a schmuck and a putz? A putz. <laughs> you, a putz? There's no good that Nick over here. Yeah, no, I can't do, I can't do anything. You can, you can just see them in the writer's room being like, should we go with putz or schmuck? And they try, I was like, I wrote, I made a little asterisk. I might have to ask Sam about this. Because if this was a black uh, character going, what you talk about, Jaff Cracker? I'd be like, yo, uh... What's going on here? This is uh, mm. this is on the note. But if, you, if you're cool with it, Sam, then we'll rock with it. We'll rock with it. Um... Let's let's do some highlights because there's the, the plot is very simple. The aliens invade. There's a mothership. Uh, there's a, a big queen, a big queen alien. We learned this time around. But um, highlights, Ali. What were your highlights from Independence Day Resurgence? Well, I'm not gonna lie. Like as much as I've sat there for the first hour and a half or hour and forty, whatever it is, and gone sort of rolled my eyes at a lot, sort of basic, fairly stuff. There's just something about like 
teams coming together and going, yeah, like, just getting the alien. It was, and I'm like, obviously it's going to not work and then it's going to work. But then when it worked, after it didn't work, I was like, yeah. Like, I was just like, damn you. Good that they got the alien from Aliens to be the queen. Good to see her back in action, bigger than ever. Yeah. And they were like, should we like design a different sort of queen alien? They were like, I should be like the other ones. Um, so I was, I was sort of, I'm not going to lie, in the, as as much as it was just fake and phony and predictable, in the last that five minute window where the, all the different characters all come together and they all do something, I sort of thought, yeah, this is this is nice, isn't it? Because I so rarely, you know what it's like when you get into films and with when anything, you just want to get into deeper and darker stuff, and then you just forget that oh shit, this is what normal people watch. Like this is like they do watch stuff with like a happy ending, not like a well, it was happy because in a way like she died, but she died for what she said for. No, like genuinely, like everyone survived, and they all and that was quite nice. And in lockdown, when I've been watching, like I think the film I watched before this was The Devil all the time, at like the day before, and that I don't know if you've watched it, but it's like pure grim for two hours, and so this was like I felt quite uplifted at the end even though even though it was all fake it's like christmas like oh it's all marketing but christmas day like, ah, like the music and the, the presents and stuff so that was a highlight for me i will say though the one the one character who doesn't survive that is the one that pissed me off the most was miss vivica fox uh because she dies at the right at the top of the movie Right, obviously the son trying to save her from the hospital roof, and she her her last act is saving the baby and the mother from the hospital. And I remember I I was just watching and I was like, yeah, she can't be dead. It's Vivica fucking Fox, right? And the way they've shot it is like, oh, she's dead in real life in like minutes ago, but in a film, the sort of ambiguity of oh, she just fell into the rubble. I'm like, well, that's how she survived in the first movie. So let's get Vivica Fox back. Oh, so that's obviously like done with the idea that like, well, she didn't really die. We can bring her back for three if we want kind of thing. Yeah, but now that I, you know, I think that this is the, because this is the other interesting thing about what you said, Ali, about this is what normal people watch with a happy ending. I think this is what's so interesting about this being a domestic flop and, it, and a, a flop in China as well, because Angela Baby, the main reason it was criticized was because Angela Baby only has four lines. And I'm like, so they were like, no, boycott the movie because she only has four lines. And America was like, no. So I really think this is Europe's fault that this film made so much money. Um, and it's like, no, the only European is um, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Uh, she is mm. Jeff Goldblum's uh, love interest. Yeah. Um, and they smashed. And I can believe it. Fucking Jeff Goldblum, what a beautiful, gorgeous man. A proper, like, uh, I think the, uh, it's a zaddy. I think that's what you call, like, an older, uh, older man who's very attractive. Um <laughs> I guys, I won't lie. I won't lie. I did. I've this is the second time I've seen this film. Mm. First time I watched it on a plane, uh, watched Independence Day uh, Resurgence. Um, and I won't lie. Uh, I shed a tear <laughs> the first time. Um, as I as I'm one to, I cry <laughs> at movies all the time. As I've explained to Sam before, there's a great movie, and dude, it can anything can trigger it. There's a great movie with Will Smith and um, Margaret Robbie called Focus. Mm. Have you seen it? No. Is it one of no, those questions? It's, it's, it's basically like a it's a caper, a crime caper where they like this and literally the sexual tension uh drove me to tears. I just I I, I just wow. cried. I just cried. 
You were just, because you feel under pressure? <laughs> I didn't know. It was just like, they were like so beautiful and they were clearly like, oh, they're going to fuck. And like, I just couldn't handle that. And being on a plane, I cried. Uh, Independence Day, two resurgence, I cried as well. I cried. Oh, well, um, I think it was um, when you see the spaceship for the f- for the first time. What? And, and it was that just It was just too immense. It was the it's just the sheer it's size so of big. it. It's so damn it's just, big. It just took. A, <laughs> I, just, I was like, oh my god, thinking it would be on a plane screen as well. So this is like <laughs> max five <laughs> inches. And Lincoln's like, this is so big. It's like. I was like, ah, ting. Uh, seatbelts, please. I was like, all right. And I, I have to say, this is one of the only films I've sat all the way through ever that hasn't made me cry. Like, Ali, for reference, I cried at the fucking Matrix the other day when we did it on the podcast. Wow. So Which bit? The bit, the, the bit where Neo decides to fight Agent Smith in the subway. I was like, yeah, he's really becoming yeah, who he sick. is. is right? sick, though. It's, 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 it's so, so banging. Sick. But, the Matrix is a banging film. Um, but with this, I was like, this is so like cold and devoid of anything. Even for like even for like a like a superhero flick, this is cold and devoid of anything. I was like, the only highlight for me was every scene with Brent Spiner was like the only thing I believed. And I'm such Who's a fuck. Which one was Brent Spiner? He's the mad scientist with the long hair oh, who wakes up from yeah, the coma. Yeah. I mean, him and his his sort of you know relationship, the the gay relationship or not. They they were again highlights like they were genuinely sort of charming characters. Yeah, they? a lot. Yeah, a lot of it has no charm. It's very much sort of paint by numbers filmmaking. It's like then this character who like this people like will go here, and then this one that they like will go there. But they were quite fun. Watching it did make me appreciate someone like Will Smith because you know growing up and like you know you want to be a you want to be a sort of movie snob or at least I did. So be like oh, Will Smith, yeah, everyone likes him, but he's not even a good actor. Like you know what I mean? And it's not it's not even about whether Will Smith in Independence Day can convincingly portray what it's like to be invaded by aliens. Yeah. It's more it's more that he is Mr. Charisma. Jeff Goldblum's the closest to it. When he's on screen, you're just mm. charmed. You yeah. want to see it's not about the dialogue. It's just like you want to see what he's doing and you want to root for him. And Will Smith could carry he can carry a blockbuster film. Whereas this, they were like, we clearly can't pay for an A-lister to come in and be the new Will Smith. Mm. So instead, we're going to get a load of B, C-listers to sort of make up the numbers to like just just yeah. get everyone and maybe people will like them. It felt a bit like Pacific Rim Uprising, like the sequel. Oh, yeah. Where they were yeah. like, we'll get John Boyega in and then a few others who can sort of maybe get people interested but it's, uh, it comes back to know, the four quad thing of being like, well, let's try and get somebody to hit every demographic. Yeah. And then Angela Baby is like, well, let's do, let's kill it at the Chinese box yeah. office, and then well, it's, it's, it's funny because a, a film I recently watched before I watched this was The Meg, and that was where they did because it was a mixed production, China and Hollywood, and that felt like they hit that note better. It felt more like they were bridging a Hollywood film with a film I think it was Tencent who made it. Um, and that they sound like they got whereas this one like I'm sure we'll go on to it later but like the sort of cancelable moments like the bit where Liam Hensworth like the guy speaking I don't know what it is Mandarin or Cantonese and he goes does he know I don't speak Chinese <laughs> and I was like I think that's gonna go well in the, <laughs> the Chinese market <laughs> um, I can remember this time uh, I was I think I was yeah I was probably living in in China at the time so I was I would have been living in Beijing at the time where I spent where I spent a lot of time and I used to remember that they this was kind of it was an interesting time for like Chinese movie making specifically, 
because I think China has a, I don't know what the number is now, but it used to have a, only allow about 30 um, uh, foreign movies a year in the mm. cinemas. And every year it always kept going up. It kept going up and up. And one of the ways that you could get around that is if you do a joint um, production, um, then it can be like classified as a local film. And uh, if the certain number of people have, have have made it. So like, I remember around about 2015, 14, you'd go watch anything. It would have like a, a little Chinese thing in it. Uh, you'd go watch a movie and they'd be like, oh, the scientist is like, it's like a white dude. And he's like in Beijing. He's like, yes, yes we are in uh, Beijing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the core reactor is is going haywire, like stupid shit like that. Um but you were right, Ali. I think you're completely correct. This is what this movie was missing, was like a charismatic presence. And someone who can sell lines like, um, I think William Fickner at one point said something like, the drilling to the Earth's core. Someone, get me get, get me a drilling team on the phone. And I'm like, what the fuck are we talking? They're drilling to the Earth's yeah. core. Oi, Steve, they're drilling to the core again, mate. Oi. What the get fuck are someone. you talking about? Give me like, someone who knows about drills. <laughs> it's like, I, I guarantee 60% of the world doesn't even know the Earth has a core. Like, no one has any idea that there's something in the middle holding all of this together. But you need people who can say that with a straight face and make you believe. And um, there aren't enough of those kind of people in uh, in this film, even though they're, like, um, fairly good actors. Uh, people like Jeff Goldblum, people like William Fickner, who is, like, the new president. Uh, this is also the first time I've not seen him, seen him be a villain. Um, it's the first time I've seen him be like just a regular president and I, I didn't trust him um, <laughs> as a result. But uh, yeah, uh, the thing that stood out for me highlights, um, I actually was, I thought it was really cool. Some of the CGI uh, when the waves wash over the fucking city and lifts up the bridge. I was like, oh, this is what I, this is why I was getting to early thing was like, yo, this is like, we're at the movies now. Mm. Yeah, get the popcorn. Out. We're we're watching yeah. the movie. That's what you want. You want to see that huge destruction. I mean, obviously, six-year-old Sam is there going. I've been across that bridge. <laughs> what are they doing? Um, but but uh, that's what you. That's like because the people. A lot of people hated on Jurassic World, and I quite like that film. I'm sorry if I keep moving on to other films. And I don't that's all right. We weave in. We weave in and out. We, yeah. we, we don't want. But a lot of people didn't like that film. And they were like, she's running in high heels. Like, the, the Velociraptors attack the T-Rex. I'm like, yeah, that's why I fucking go to the cinema, bro. I want to see, what do you think? I'm going to turn on my TV or go outside and see Velociraptors taking on a T-Rex to defend the man who raised them? <laughs> no, like, I want to see this stuff yeah, yeah. in the cinema. And I'm like, I love a 3,000 mark. That's why I was excited to see it from the trailer because there's that whole thing of like, that's definitely bigger than the last one. Yeah, and it's like a yeah. huge... That 3,000 miles, I mean, it's tear-worthy stuff, Lincoln, clearly. But that huge ship coming and, and lifting up the whole of London, like ripping off. You're right, like that was cool. And that's what I like about films. Um, so, But you need those little moments in between the tie together where you've got Will Smith being like, I've had enough of those aliens. Okay, Will, <laughs> Will Smith was just incredible, man. He was just, I remember now, uh, I've previously said that, uh, you know, uh, the person that made me feel a kind of tingle you know, before I kind of knew what my sexuality was, um, Will Smith running down the street uh, in Bad Boys with his shirt off. And then also uh, Will Smith at the end of Independence Day with the fucking air suit yeah. walking, smoking a cigar. Oh. I, felt, 
I felt tingles that I didn't quite explain until I saw um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson when I was nine. And I was like, oh, I know what that was. So, like, so fucking basically in a weird way, Will Smith kind of fluffed me up. So that- <laughs> <laughs> well, for a, for a real man, that was, that, was, that was so funny. It started with very progressive, sort of like, yeah, sexuality is contract, like, and then I moved on to the rock, and that was a real, who's a real man I'll be with. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. Uh, I got fluffed up for the rock. Um, that uh, you know, sometimes you start sentences, you don't know how you're going to end it. <laughs> um, that's what happened there. No, guys, we have to move on to the other film I, that came out on I, the exact same day. I do, oh, I Sam, do, I do want to say one thing because I feel like. This is one of the few films, because as well, Ali, because I agree with you. I watched Jurassic World. People hated on it. And I was like, it's fun. It's a stupid movie. It knows it's a stupid movie. That's how you get me on board. I'm like, yeah, if you're being stupid and you're like, look at this stupid shit. I'm like, okay, I watched. The problem with Independence Day was it was a stupid movie, I think, that weighed itself down in how boring it is watching the procedural element of an invasion i'm like i don't <laughs> yeah. want to see i you can get away with maybe five minutes of the president being like um, release the codes yes uh, authorized but everything else i'm like you got 45 minutes of that in this movie and they had such a nice idea it's like you have this huge ship come in that has its own like gravity well that's sucking everything under it like up into its orbit and this whole alternate history where we've like progressed because of this alien technology and at the end of the film, you have this moment where they've like reverse engineered it from this other planetary alien who's like, I can disable their weaponry, blah, blah. blah. And it's just like long and convoluted. I feel like your midpoint of this movie have the humans really successfully defending the invasion with the alien weaponry and then have the aliens disable it. That's your halfway point. And it's about, because the whole thing feels like it's supposed to be about the use of technology in war. And I'm like, we have, we should be able to surpass them. And that's the real, like us coming together as, as a team. And then all three of us are talking about how we cried at the end. Cause it's like, oh, Brent Spiner lost his maybe boyfriend and we're all together and there's no more like <laughs> issues with racism and homophobia and stuff. Yay. You know? And then that's, you know, a, a, a stupid fun movie. Can I just also though, just in saying that, can I maybe suggest something that I think it might be fair? Maybe the aliens should take us over. Maybe they should just maybe they should just take us over, and we can just like stop voting and stuff like, just like Follow kill the them. Queen. <sighs> just the like queen. all the, de- but what the happens demo- when the, the alien queen's son marries like a half alien, half human? Oh god, here we big, go. There's a whole big problem with that in the queen the community. Had, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do that? Like, let them take over. Mm. That is a classic. Is a classic movie trope. I don't know whether it bugs me or whether I like it. Maybe it's just in the style it's done. Of aliens can travel the galaxy, but they're more primitive than us. <laughs> like it's like yeah. they can build a huge spaceship that teleports across the universe. But when they get there, it's all tentacles and just like and they're just like scratching and it's like how the hell have has this happened <laughs> that we're the ones being like let's have a plan to beat them and they're just, just jumping down us. I, I really thought your uh your your definition of primitive was going to be to do with the fact that all they do is just go mine the core of the planet and then fuck off i didn't realize <laughs> yeah. i didn't realize your primitive was going to be well i don't understand what they're saying and even though they clearly communicate through telepathy <laughs> and have all this like crazy more evolved shit you're like <laughs> no, but 
Look at that piece of shit. Look at the state of him. Their attack is just running in. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, they shouldn't even be... But It's like, I'm not, like, going down to fight the ants. I'm not like, come on, ants, let's... I'm just going... I'm just spraying in there. It's enough. But you're right. We should we should have been invaded by a bunch of miners. A bunch of miners coming down, eh? You know what I mean? We've progressed. We've progressed past that. There's also like a, a, a one of the other aliens also comes in and she's like, um, oh yeah, we've evolved past a corporeal form. Like we we're basically we're basically just in the cloud. Our entire consciousness is in the cloud. And I'm like, why are you bothering with this shit then? <laughs> if all of this, if you are so evolved as a species that you don't need any biological physical processes, why did you just leave and be like, ah, oh, we're good? Like, why are you still getting involved in petty squabbles mm. between also, us and the queen? They're complete. They're completely data, but they've got to send basically the a, a version of a USB to, <laughs> to to send their message. Surely they could just hologram like a message and mm. just be like, hey man, like I didn't. Yeah, again, it's just like movie logic. I don't mind it too much, but that was another trope for me of like these, again, super serious intelligent aliens. But then essentially it just comes down to a dog fight like in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, guys, let's move on to Nuts, which is also a very interesting film. Nuts um, created, uh, also came out in 2016. It's a documentary. It's a very interesting documentary. It's kind of done in the style of, um, it's got animation. It's got kind of talking heads. Very, very interesting style. Came out 2016. Won the special jury award for editing at uh, Sundance in uh, in 2016, done by Penny Lane. Um, now, Nuts tells the story of a man called John R. Brinkley, or J.R. Brinkley, a Kansas druggist turned physician who ap- uh, apparently he uh, had a cure for impotence, uh, which was uh, the grafting of... A, a goat testicle onto a male testicle, uh, a human being's testicle, and that would cure impotence. Now, uh, Sam, I'd like to hear uh, your thoughts, just surface level, before we dive into this uh, mm. to this documentary. Well, I, I, I really want to do a quick, like, beat for beat rundown so that we could talk about this properly. All right, you can do beat for beat, and then uh, we'll weave in and out. Because I just, yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is the, yeah, this is where the film starts, right? Is like an animation of an imp- an impotent dude being like, "Shame you can't put goat balls in me," and then he does, and then we go. So what he's selling is, I can transplant goat testicles into yours. You will no longer be impotent, and then all these other cures, right? All these other cures for tiredness diseases like cancer and shit like that it's all these healing properties as we this is a documentary based on the biography the authorized biography of this man from the 1920s and as we go through the film takes us showing it as if it is his story like as if it's his sort of propaganda and then we get to the halfway point and it flips and we see the guys who have previously been painting as villains, the elite medical academy, the American Medical Association, as the experts who we've heard enough of. Uh, it flips and it turns out that this guy is a snake oil salesman who has been selling water with blue dye. He hasn't been transplanting the testicles in at all. He's just been cutting open bull sacks and sliding in a bit of goat testicle tissue with no uh, suturing or whatever. So it's like not connected in any way. And then it's kind of the spiral fallout of 
the rest of this guy's life trying to undo being like dug into the fucking ground by the rest of the country. So it's the whole thing is this kind of interesting overall statement about the nature of propaganda in truth through propaganda and truth. It's it's a very meta documentary, I think. Mm. Ali, what'd you think? Well, that was great, Sam. You explained it a lot clearer than I would have. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I thought it was. Look, I don't. I don't. I'm not a big documentary watcher, so I don't have a big catalog. Just for me, I've. I've. I've always, unless it's been, unless well, there's one that's been really recommended to me multiple times, like a Blackfish or something like that. I'll probably. I just. I can't be bothered mainly. So it was. I, I don't normally watch it. So it was interesting to watch a documentary first and foremost. I liked the flip. I thought that made it really cool. I because because at first you're you're sort of sensing that it's a bit of a weird. I did think maybe this is just like a big sort of hippie-ish film of being like you know yeah like the man stops you from like J.R. Brinkley was changing America mm. and you know and all that sort of stuff. Um, I thought the animation was cool and I thought the thing I think it didn't maybe get right is like. It almost I would have rather it was all animation or mm. then it was suddenly randomly cut to a historian with like not quite the best camera yeah. just like for for like 30 seconds and you just think it's taken me out like you know the way they do an Amy or a Senna or a, a Maradona where there's like no you don't see the talking heads and it's just mm. it's just getting narrated by various reports like I think that would have been maybe better to do but um I mean, strange, strange story. Glad I watched it. And it was interesting as well. Like you're talking about, like a really great point, Sam, you made about the presidents in Independence Day. It's interesting watching this film that would have come out in 2016 in Trump's ascendancy and just a sort of early Trumpian doctor guy where it was all just this cult of personality, clever marketing tactics. And then when you watch, you watch someone like that and you're like, you no, know, Trump is no... He was no special case. Like he's no like as much as he is the the of his time, he is the guy who does that. But clearly, this must have just been going on. And the way he would build radio towers and have his own network, like people are doing that now. Like with YouTube, people have their own channels to spout their own stuff. Like I'm sure Piers Morgan is setting up his YouTube studio in Mexico as we speak, like just to get <laughs> yeah get it out. Um. So I liked I liked the flip and that sort of stuff. Um. Just a strange a strange story. So I I don't I don't know what much more I have. Like perception wise, like I just thought it's a strange story, and I don't have a great wealth of documentary experience, so it seemed fine for me as a documentary. Uh, it was, a good, I think it was a good documentary. I I quite enjoyed that. I quite enjoyed the going back and forth. It's quite unusual. I the whole time I was listening to it, I was like, this would probably be a great podcast, just because it's a lot of the sounds are like original recordings. Um, so it would have been a great podcast. This probably doesn't have to be a film in that way. Um, I think the core of it is definitely the why do people buy into propaganda what's the what's the draw of it and i think the movie does a good job of making it seem attractive so that like 15 you go halfway in and the flip happens and you realize this guy's a con man and you start to suspect that he's a con man there's a scene at the end where i don't know who it is there's someone close to him uh was at his funeral and said like yeah i knew he was a he was a, a fraud he was still fleecing me yeah but I still enjoy, it. and like I think, politically, this is one of the one of the things that people I think get wrong a lot, um, especially when people talk about uh, divisive figures, Trump or, or or Johnson or whoever, is the the people that support those people aren't 
blind idiots following like sheep who just don't, they're normal people with rational thoughts, but they also think this guy is, is funny. Mm. Yeah, I know that's true. But also, I just like this guy mm. for whatever reason. And the movie does a really good job of explaining that, um, especially tying it on um, at the end, which I think is what, what makes it work very well. Yeah, I think that I think that scene, that animated scene in the courtroom when it starts to unravel, is great, great for that. And as you say, you realize like that people like someone who just calls out the institutions. Just call like I was there. I feel like I've heard of the AMA, and I was there being like those fucking okay. <laughs> those medicine quack. You're calling him a quack. Have you not seen the results of his goat balls? <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes it because you just want to feel it's like a lot of conspiracy theories you just want to feel if you're dissatisfied with your life in any way like the majority of people are you just want to feel like there is a problem at the top like they and often them there may well be but you just need someone to be out there being like you know those feelings like you're not being treated properly like people are saying you can't do this but you can and i'm gonna show you how and then it's like yes we're going to go for it. And I was already feeling that. I was like, fucking right, Brinkley, let's get them balls mm. out. <laughs> let's but, go, go. Well, that's, that's the really interesting thing. And that is why I would argue with you, Lincoln, on the thing of it, it didn't have to be a movie. I think it did. Uh, I will say as well, I fucking loved it. And I did not expect to for half of the movie. I was like, before I went in and then when I was watching it, because I saw the guy, Br uh, Binkley, Brinkley, Blinkley, whatever his fucking name is, and I saw the photo and I was like, right, okay, I know we're doing like this kind of comedy, like, because a lot of the animations are skits. They make the recreations funny in some way to kind of like get you through it. And I was like, but there is no way this Colonel Sanders looking fucking guy is going to be a good guy. Like, there's just no guy who looks like he invented <laughs> plantations <laughs> who's going to be the hero at the end of the movie. I, I yeah. know that's not true. So, when does the guy with the goatee save the world? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're literally dressed as the dictionary image of white devil. So I'm like, it's just not going to, it's not going to be good. But uh, I was kind of going with it. And then when the flip happens, it's really interesting because if you take the fact that the, the idea that the narrator is reading this biography as these are the texts they use and like you said right there's part of you that's there watching going yeah fuck these institutions fuck these things even when you're kind of aware as a viewer and like all of us uh, none of us are like completely unaware viewers going oh what are these pretty colors and shapes making noise we're like oh i understand this is constructed in some way i think to do that to even just get me to feel a little bit of that when i'm like i know something's wrong is really clever and that's done even if it's like really on the nose, like they give one of the judges who goes after him, they give him an eye patch and he never had an eye patch in real life. And they just give him like a <laughs> kind of vibe. And I think that's really clever to have this flip because at that halfway point, when it comes out that he's a quack, the guy, the guy who's really going after him, who is obviously Jewish. And then we get that recording from his old radio station where he goes in and he's talking about specifically those of the circumcised disposition of the devils. Uh, there right? we go. There we go. And that's, that's where, and then suddenly that's where it really starts to like descend. Uh, and I think, I think that's a really interesting thing because this is the, this is the 1920s and 
or is or at this point i think it's 1937 but it's like he's using pre he's using holocaust tactics pre-holocaust right for his propaganda and i think that's a very interesting thing to look at and like you said trump is like there's nothing new this has been going on for ages i think the idea of that of of showing us that drip feed of information and how it can affect us is more it's more effective to me on me if i'm honest than any other documentary i've seen like michael moore obviously the bowling for columbine and fahrenheit 9-11 i watched those and i was like yeah i agree with a lot of those points but i really feel like this guy is totally biased anyway even if i agree with him i don't feel like I, i'm being challenged in any way or i'm like really developing myself i think i'm just going yeah that stuff is bad we should stop that but like there's nothing i can i can't directly just be like let me go tell charlton heston not to sell guns anymore so having a film that goes this is this we're manipulating you and this is how everyone else does it i think is a really nice touch for a doc guys come on explain to me all right how did that guy impotent been trying for 12 years all right (laughs) they put a goat ball in his bowl on his bowl near it and the guy has a kid. Are you going to, is no one going to explain that to me? Yeah, bro. I've got that right here because the problem wasn't that he was shooting blanks. The problem was that he wasn't fucking. So it was like, he went for this procedure. That, that was pure placebo, man. He went for a procedure and he was like, yeah, well, this is the kind of like the little boost I need to go home and try and fuck my wife. Wait, so you think it, you're saying that is the placebo part is his brain going to his balls. You guys aren't shit. You guys will never be shit. You'll never grow up to do anything in your life. Don't let me ever catch. And then all of a sudden there's a goat ball next to it. And then his brain goes, nah, this goat ball will fix it. That's the placebo. He's up for shagging. He's up for shagging. As Sam said, the funny thing is, Sam, you messaged me and was like about, okay, the other film we're going to watch is nuts. It's a depression era USA documentary. So I thought, cause I read that and I'm an idiot. So I was like, Oh, it's a documentary about depression. <laughs> oh. So then when the guy turns up and he's like, I have been feeling a lot of melancholy. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then there's like, hmm, I wish I could be like those goats. <laughs> and then he does the goats. And then the car intro starts. I'm like, oh, so this is about how they solve depression. <laughs> goat, goat balls. Nuts. Goat and I was balls. like, damn, this is an interesting documentary. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I thought, I thought the potentially he would, he was gonna fuck the dudes. Well, I thought this is like, uh, <laughs> I thought it was like a, a documentary on like the birth of like the cuckold movement in <laughs> American, <laughs> in American society. <laughs> so the um, glorious, the glorious birth, <laughs> Brinkley. For just two hundred fifty American dollars, I will come around and fuck your wife. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, is there anything else really to talk about it? Um, I I liked a lot of the techniques. I re I was actually fascinated as a kind of a radio person and a and a and a, and a broadcast person about how he actually uh, found radio and found ways of 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 uh, reaching new people through the medium of radio, which was at the time quite a a, a a new medium. I thought that was very interesting, and the way and the way he kind of does radio is a way that it isn't done anymore, which is like a very kind of um, personal way of speaking like when you're on the radio no one's ever like uh no one says, oh, so uh if you're just sitting there uh, thank you for tuning in to me i know you're doing well uh just uh, give your wife a kiss <laughs> just give your wife a kiss i i kind of wanted him to like talk people through like all of the six just on the air that would have been like a great broadcast for him to be like all right so just you know 
Just move in a uh, anti-clockwise <laughs> fashion. <laughs> and thrust to, this, thrust to this motion, right? Okay. <laughs> oh, no, One, no, no. two, three, four. Um, <laughs> Honestly, it was like a it was like a jerk-off countdown. But yeah, on, uh, <laughs> jerk-off. And like now welcome jerk-off. to Jerk-Off Countdown. We got a wonderful set today. <laughs> Everybody just sing with me. <laughs> just, um, just yeah. jerk off to the claps like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be great. But I, I, but I liked... There was... And now you brought that up, the radio stuff. I like that as well because, again, that harked to me modern day about people with their own podcasts, their own YouTube channels, people who constantly post on stories, the whole cult personality. And I was just like, this is just, it's the same marketing tactics. Just build, give people content and then make that content as relatable to yourself. I am bringing you, I, this is Brinkley's radio station. I am bringing you this. Also, come down to my hospital. This guy had a portfolio of careers going, man. He was a businessman, successful businessman. He was a Nazi, but he was a successful <laughs> businessman. Um, well, but, at that uh, time, yeah, most like, Nazis were very successful businessmen. But <laughs> Famously, famously. Um, but that was, that was also interesting to me as a point of, of just looking at someone where people are so quick. We know as comedians, people are so quick to be like, have you tried doing YouTube? People can blow up on there and stuff like that. And like all this stuff has existed for ages. It's just about how you use it. And the way he was like, radio is going to be big. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to build this 1 million watt tower in Mexico and just get on it. And it was like, this is what people, the early movers do here in comedy and stuff like that. Like they just are like, man, have you seen TikTok? I'm getting on it as soon as possible. And I'm going to just put stuff out on there and they build their own following. And it's like, it's interesting to see that because people are so quick to be like, well, now there's a phone. Like you've got no, like there's just no gateway. Like there's no gatekeepers. Like you can just absolutely just like build your audience. And like, it's interesting to see someone do it back then. And I found that side of things, like it doesn't matter how much of a snake or merchant he was like he was good at marketing he was like a good marketer i i think it does i actually think it does matter how good because of the the that in that court case where we find out that all of his stuff about being broke and poor was were lies and that at the times that he said he was already making money off snake oil salesmen and did time for it and and it's the thing because it's the thing i'm always really suspicious of is with the the phone no gatekeeper thing which is true it is there is that element of there are people who who just blow up but 99 percent still has a lot behind it do you know what i mean in terms of that internet spread it's so much that we don't think about the production value that's gone in um like those 30 under 30 lists where it's like oh yeah they're the the kids of like well-off parents who have, who have like also just been given like Elon Musk, like his dad owned an emerald mine. And then you're just like, this guy came from nothing. Yeah. Like, he's like, he's, it was some emeralds. Like it's pretty good. <laughs> and yeah. it's that thing. I think normally when you see someone who's done really successful and go, and, and you think, how did they do that? It's like well, their parents had a fuck ton of money and they bought them all the things. And there are exceptions that, that make the rule. But I feel like that, I, f- I feel like his starting like because he this was the other thing to it's important to say about the biography is he says that he's paid he claims that he's paid another writer to do it and then c- quite clearly self-published it and written everything himself um and the way he paints himself out that that fate that famous starting quote of like jr shows up with just a shirt and uh, trousers and no shoes nothing else and says i want to be a doctor like my daddy and the guy says 
you can't because you're poor. Like, that never, 100% never happened. That's amazing as well. Who does that? How does he get that meeting? He walks into the thing, to the, the office with like a shirt and no shoes and the secretary is there and he's like, can I see the dean? And she's like, hey, go in. Like, so yeah, like, yeah. like how? Well, he, how does, he, 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 yeah, he does it because it's entirely made up. But that is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the really interesting thing about the change in information age is that took them, thir- like, what did he say? It was 1917 and they finally catch up to him in 37 right so he claims that he does this in 1917 and they figure out that it's a lie uh 20 years later which like today any of us could do in five minutes we could be oh yeah no i've actually found the thing that's like no he was he was in court in chicago for selling fucking piss as cancer (laughs) saving toothpaste or whatever yeah no it's true it's it's, it's, it's a good point you're you're right on that one and I apologize for even coming on the podcast. (laughs) Clearly, it's just like, well, I get it. Every week we invite an idiot to come on and we just prove that he knows nothing about film and then we never speak to him again. But you know what? Still happy to be here. I like having a chat and it's a Sunday evening. (laughs) You made me feel bad. I was having fun. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Ali, you're right. Make him feel bad. Make him feel bad. So he has to sit with that. No, Sam, because I, I know Sam as well. Sam will be at the later tonight and be like, nah, a- a- Ali's going to think I'm a prick. Man. And like, I don't want him to, you know, he's, I'm not. Like, I just, but you're, abs- no, you're absolutely right. Like it, it, it really does sort of, I always wonder that because yeah, you're right. Whoever can publish books, like that is a way to get information out there. And people at that time would have picked up a book and be like, well, you can't, you can't just print anything. I suppose it's like likened to news coming up on Facebook and people just thinking, well, it says news, so like you can't just say it's news and you know someone else. The, might the thing it. is though, if you if you print a book, I'm gonna believe you. Mm. If you that's a that's a lot of effort, man. Do you know how hard <laughs> it is? Yeah, you have to write all them words and you have to go to a <laughs> to like is there a, like a limit? Is there like a limit on the, uh, like book size? Does it have to be like a hundred pages, or can someone give you like a three page book? It's like, like I don't know about you guys. I, I I feel like you guys are like. I'm not, I'm very skeptical in general, but I'm also very gullible at the same time. Like if I see something in, if I see something in a spreadsheet, I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's just a fact. <laughs> like if it's like someone figured out Excel and then they put it in, that's amazing. That's just a fact to me. And that person should be a uh, 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 labor prime minister. What, what do you guys call that? I don't even know. What do you call the people? What do you call the people who run the like boroughs? What are those people? Sentinels? Member of par- MP, <laughs> member of parliament. MPs, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. person should be. I have no idea. I have to vote for one soon. I have no idea. It's like, what's that? <laughs> who? Uh, anyway. But you are not, Sam. You are you're smart enough to read spreadsheets and to, Bro, doubt, I, you, and to doubt books. You know what? It was only in my 20s that my natural distrust of people, I, I started realizing that this isn't how everybody lives. Where <laughs> and, and it's what I find it so hard to relate to the people who bought the snake oil. Uh, not because, because I'm like... I'm I'm a I'm a proper Londoner, man. Do you know what I mean? Like I grew up in South London. I'm like, if I haven't already gang, gang, if, if I haven't already known you for years and you're talking to me, I'm like my first reaction is they're gonna kill me. So I need to figure out what they want and how to take it from them before they even realize I've I've left. That's my that's my like default 
you're all fucking scumbags. Setting. It's crazy, <laughs> Ali. It's mad. It's mad. Like I'm gonna bleep where I, I'm gonna bleep out where I live, so I don't want this out in the world. But I um I live. Yeah, and, I used to live uh, on there. It's a lovely area, right? That's what it is. I tell Sam, Sam, I'm moving to. Sam tells to me, Oh, dude, you can't move there. <laughs> That's where all the gang activity is. I'm like, Sam, look at me. I'm 30 years old. I'm married. I'm not the. I'm not in the demographic for the postcode wars. But you know, yeah, you know how London's changed in the last 10 years. I grew. I grew up in Mill Hill, so I was the opposite side, northwest. But you know, you 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 talk about going to uh, Kilburn in Kilburn or something like that. And if I said to my mom, like, I'm going to party in Kilburn tonight, she'd be like, no, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Or like, or like, I'm just going to pop down to Peckham. She'd be like, ah, Hackney? No, what? Mm. Like, why are you going to? You're not going yeah. to these places. <laughs> and now it's like, they're the best places for a brunch. That Dude. is how mad it is. How it's, it's, lo it's lovely. It's lovely. It's just mad to me that Sam's like, look at here. I'm 30 years old. I'm married. I live a very stable, <laughs> I have a very stable life. He's like, oh man, nigga, you got to stay at the gang stand. You got to <laughs> just say no to drugs. <laughs> now, this is, it's, 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 it's also, I like the idea of that time that you let's almost also like another life event like we got married we're looking you know we're very stable so now we want to take that next step we're going to join a gang i mean i'm looking forward to it we're that would be incredible be part of the community yeah, yeah. <laughs> meet other I mean, couples I just feel yeah. like when i get a postcode that i hate and want to kill that's when we'll feel ready for a baby so that's going to be nice but it's crazy you said you just said hackney when i when i was a kid I had a, one, of my best, one of my yeah murder mile. One of my best friends mm. lived on murder mile, and I was so scared mm. of going to his house. Rough. And he was like, "You live in Lewisham," and I was like, "That's just how we we just stay scared of each other's postcode. <laughs> yeah. That's how we've maintained any sense of London." <laughs> now I go to Hackney, and I still have my guard up, and I'm like, just got. And then I look around, and I'm like, oh. I'm like the second mm. scariest guy on this street, <laughs> and the last time I punched somebody was in like 2008. <laughs> do you know I, mean? I, do, I, I do think I you underestimate how scary you look in general you're now, a really tall yeah. dude you've got a big beard like you you look like you know a chokehold yeah but if you see me if you see me standing up and you're like oh this dude is shapes like decaying fruit it's like <laughs> i think you know, it's okay shaped like one of the aliens from men in black <laughs> I'm Vince D'Onofrio just trying to break out of this human skin Guys, uh, it's important on this podcast we have uh, categories here. High budget. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> oh, I'm not even on key anymore. Like, that's, like a, that's, like a, that's like a minor key version of a theme song. Guys, we have categories. We love categories, don't we, people? Mm. Um... The categories that we have on here is how we compare these two films. Uh, usually the first one that we have is the instant cancellation. Uh, Sam, do you want to kick us off with an instant cancellation for either Independence Day Resurgence or for Nuts! Exclamation mark. Dude, I have so many. Uh, the one I'm going to go with is the African warlord in Independence Day Resurgence for two specific reasons i'm not really cancelling the warlord so much as i'm cancelling jeff goldblum because for no reason they're in central africa and the pitch is uh what are we doing going to hang out with this african warlord jeff goldblum cuts in 
oh, it's th- th- he died. It's the son now. I hear he's much more moderate. And then I get there and he's just a good guy and English for the whole movie. I was just like, no, you, you don't get to call a guy who's keeping his English accent the son of an African warlord who's slightly more moderate. That's That whole <laughs> thing fell off to me. He's a proper decent bloke, that guy. Do you know what I mean? He's a proper legit, a good guy. legit, nice dude. Doesn't cause a fuss. Yeah. Uh, he's like very accommodating, helps out for, I'm not sure. There's, there's no reason why he might, he wouldn't just stay there and be like, no, I'm going to protect my tribe because mm. that's, yeah. that's. He's a nice guy. I I, uh, I played five aside with him. He's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's that's a good one. Are we going around now? Yeah, or Ali, we... what's, what's Ali would you? Yeah, go ahead. So I had the, the Chinese one I would have said earlier uh, in, in, in Insurgents when he just goes, does he know I don't speak Chinese? Mm. <laughs> but also as well, the creepiness, and you alluded to him earlier, Lincoln, of the sidekick character who goes like, you know, there are only 36 women on this base. <laughs> like it's immediately as they're like going, it's like, you are going to the moon. Like this is not... Yeah. This is not like a mixer. This is like, you're like a government official. You're like, it's like the idea of like the Marine being like, the babes in here are really dull. Like, you know, it's like, like, what? Like, why is that? And then just the creepiness of him just staring at this Chinese actress. Just, I think that he was super creep and I wouldn't have had him uh, in a position of power. Mm. Um, also, knowing the exact amount of women in any given situation, that is a huge red flag. If a friend if a friend comes up to you and he's like, dude, I looked around, there's 13 women in this club. I'm like, look, we're, we're, we're done here. Yeah, Don't yeah. phone me it's back, like, dude. I'll, it's I'll like, fucking does, see you in a documentary in <laughs> yeah, 10 yeah, years, whenever yeah. you... How does he know how many women are in this club? Oh, because he's a serial killer. Uh, yeah, that's, that's like the only logical explanation. No. I look yeah. forward to hearing about your fucking exploits on a podcast. So thank you very much. Um, my one would have been actually, Sam kicked me down, uh, but I would have said that uh, I thought that man was doing that Jewish uh, stereotype. I thought he might have gone too far. Mm. But uh, I mean, I'll accept it. I accept it from from you. I just feel like I could <laughs> because if I saw like a guy really doing it up that much in a good in a Rob Reiner movie, I'd be like, yeah, Billy Crystal, Princess Bride. Oh my god, all day. So I feel <laughs> like, like just like real high level chewing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I think like Billy Crystal in as Miracle Max in the Princess Bride. That's how my brain works. And I and I'm like, it's Jews. It's by Jews. It's fine. But the yeah. This was softer than that, so I feel like I, yeah, c- I it was, can't. Yeah, it was weird. You can. I just think that the thing that was weird to me is that Schmuck and Putz were like three minutes apart. I was like, they're not even going to like <laughs> pattern it out <laughs> across the movie, across the scenes. They're like, yo, all in one place, <laughs> just in case you were, just in case you weren't sure. Bro, that was mad in the film as well, though. When the guy we're in question gets saved by kids, <laughs> then to help save the kids. He takes them to where the aliens are attacking. And I just remember when it cut for the first time, because I forgot that that's where they were going. I thought he was just like driving them across to like the safe zone or whatever. Then when it cuts to like a bus full of school kids (laughs) needlessly on the salt flats because he needed to get to see his son. I was like, what sort of terrorist is this guy? He's just putting these kids there in the middle of it. And then they're like, 
oh shit, the aliens! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, and then even more bizarrely, the kids that he's kidnapped and taken to the most dangerous place on the planet Earth in all history go, you should adopt us now. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> was, I was like, yeah, this needs to... What sort of Adam Sandler fucking Big Daddy shit is this? <laughs> like, this is insane. Okay, so the next uh, the next one that we have, the next uh, category is the uh, weirdly woke moment. This is a moment where it was like, yeah, at the time, yeah. And for me, it really is. It has to be in nuts. The fact that guys um, were that comfortable in a court of law, because um, I think those transcripts are real, if I'm not mistaken, just being like, Ah, dude, I just, I just can't get, I just can't get my dick to work. <laughs> okay. I think that's a, I think that's beautiful to me. I think the world would be such a better place if I could to you, Sam, if you're having trouble or I am having trouble. If I could just go to you, ah, dude, it's just not working down there, and we just engage mm. together. Yeah, yeah. That we, and I agree. Uh, totally appropriate, weirdly work moment, but uh, nuts. The really interesting thing, another little, little side note about the film is the filmmaker Penny Lane released 300 footnotes to very accurately detail what they did and didn't fabricate and to what level uh and i was fascinated by it so i read through all of it um and the testimonials are all fictionalized as bits but the a lot of the uh court back and forth is read is like reenacted from transcripts until a certain point. It's actually very interesting. And they play with the timelines a little. The radio station goes up a lot later in the dock than it did in real life. But I see why you do all this research, Sam. It's amazing because it is it's re weirdly rewarding to see Lincoln disappointed at his own point being false. Like it is, <laughs> oh, God, like I can I'm see, I'm I can see, it's I'm like, gutted. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> like mm. you really got him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it feels, good. It feels good. It does feel good. I don't know why, I don't know why. And it's just the way Lincoln like went first. I was like, I got one. And then <laughs> they were like, so actually I looked into it and you're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you go through some of our early episodes though, man, he really, oh, he gives yeah. me hell. For, oh, really? oh, no, I can't, for, for I being can't. alive yeah, yeah. yeah I can't be bothered I, to I, listen to that but no, yeah, yeah, fair play. <laughs> also Ali, I would recommend think, it I highly recommend it if you think this is making it into the podcast you are more this is this is getting cut immediately well I noticed I noticed we haven't been I haven't, we haven't been recording the whole time and I was just like oh it's good to just do a practice one like we like to give confidence boosts to comedians like Ali and be like we'd love to have you on but secretly we're like that ain't coming in bro oh you reckon it's like when you have like your little brother or your little cousin and you're playing playstation and you just have haven't plugged that's not you haven't plugged in his controller i always think that the day that the cousin or like the kid realizes that is like that's when you basically you should be allowed to vote like the, day you, the day you realize that actually what you're doing here has no effect anyway weirdly woke moment sam kick us off i'm uh, this this one's a little bit of a cheat Right, because it again. Oh, oh, and I was fucking wrong. Your man's cheating already. Yeah, yeah, pussy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, at least I did the research, though. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But the, uh, the there's this moment in Independence Day resurgence that is entirely unintentional, where they discover the alien orb of the guys, the aliens that they're virtual reality now, and they've been trying to protect all other species from this like invading colonial race. And in this moment, the, the orb goes to Jeff Goldblum and is like, look, I've come here to get refugees from your planet. I have a whole planet full of refugees from other worlds that this thing has destroyed. And 
they have nowhere to go and we're building up a, like a thing to fight back and, and sort of take it to them. And Jeff Goldblum goes, hmm, I see an opportunity to put your entire species and all of these refugees at risk, destroying a whole different planet just to save mm-hmm. the fucking White House again. I'm like, bro, this is like, you can't, that's <laughs> it. Go to the planet, get the, go to the planet, get the weapons. And um, it's my weirdly white moment as a depiction of the way any American official would see that as an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I like Ali. Um, so I think generally just the, the pro- prospect of female president, whole world coming together, working together, it's fairly woke for the start of uh, insurgents. Um, but then also I liked it nuts when they go, the AMA was all all white, all men, even though like the guy Brinkley is like the whitest white man ever. <laughs> like I like how the historian has a go at the AMA. Mm. Being like, and the AMA at this time, it was a board of very stuffy, all men, all white men. And it's like, you realize like they're rejecting Colonel Sanders. Like it's, mm. it's like, that is so, so I thought that was sort of weirdly woke to sort of rightly point out that, that problem. But then also being like, and annoyingly, the white men wouldn't accept this other white man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, fair enough. All good. All good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, none of it will be in the podcast. But um, uh, you know what is one of the big mistakes that the aliens make is they don't, in fighting us all at once, they unite us. Clearly, the key is the aliens to give the technology to like the Chinese or to the Russians or only give it to the Americans and then have us in fighting and then like swoop in and just like take us out for the pin. I would like, I think the character I'm creating, it's a little bit of a, of a sideways movie here, is getting Brinkley in to be the spokesperson for the aliens um, and uh, get in the, uh, I don't know, get the female alien, the queen, get her in. And just like we learn a weird thing that like her eggs like gives you like loads of really big sperms. I don't know, but I but I really like oh just massive just a massive penis. Um, no 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 not even a massive penis. Just That's what I was saying. It's just the sperm. It's very just painful. a massive makes sperm, coming like, hugely painful. Just like childbirth a million times. <laughs> yeah, it's just like literally like a thick ribbon, like a piece oh. of calamari, like a piece of calamari, like. Oh. <laughs> Get drawn out of your dick. Um, and yeah, get Brinkley in there. Get Brinkley in there. And he is uh, the spokesperson and he convinces half of the world that you're like, you know, the alien's not that bad. Very charismatic. He manages to um, sign us over. Um, we already know that there's an anti-Semitic built-in audience <laughs> for him right, right there. So we know those guys who those guys are backing. Um, and then we are, there we are. And then we just lose and then we just lose and we take all of that joy and, uh, we just lose our core. And, um, yeah, I forgot what the next category is. Sam, remind me. Uh, genre blender, genre blender, genre blender. So genre blender, uh, take the yeah. film till it 10 degrees to the left. What different genre would you like it to be? Hmm. Ali, what do you have for us? This was a difficult one because Independence Day was so devoid of genre really like it was like action because there was action scenes in it but it wasn't like a particularly good um action scene i think romantic comedy between alien and human 
would I would have liked to have seen because Liam Hensworth with his fiance was such there was no chemistry between the two of them the way do you remember the bit where he's getting in the airplane towards like certain death and she goes I looked at the houses <laughs> <laughs> if they still exist <laughs> see you in hell wife like it's like it's just like so weird mm. um so Did I think kiss? why would they kiss at any point they definitely I, I maybe at the end they they hug they like hugging touching at the end so maybe maybe then um but i think if if what happened was liam went into that ship and he was there about to fight the alien and then you know do you know in dodgeball when the the the, the scrawny nerdy guy and roma novanovanovic uh they like fall in love and they both go to throw a dodgeball at each other but they instead are like hi I wanted that with like an alien. So he like runs in ah! and then the alien's like, and then they like lady in red. And then it's sort of like, they have a bond. Just a little I tentacle would... down the face. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then like, it's like, we make it work like in you know, a sort of thing. Um, I think that would have been, I would have enjoyed that film a bit more, I think. And then in terms of nuts, I mean, again, that genre blend was already there. It was like a, it was like three different films in one um but i think if that had been like maybe like a i don't know it's it, it maybe if it took it in in terms of documentaries maybe if it went more into true crime and was just like jr brinkley was a man on the warpath and stuff like that maybe it would have been quite fun to to have watched lincoln sam what do you think um, oh let me go first yeah. let me go first um i think independence day could have worked uh really well mm. you know this is my son's stupid but I think you could have made this a musical. Okay. I think I, yeah. you could have. I think you can have a, a version of it. Aliens dancing, everyone singing. Like, and also, I don't know. It was something about it was something about that big scene on the salt flats, where, <laughs> where everyone's there. Mm. I was just like, I kind of wish everyone would just start, just start singing right now. Let's just like, yeah. let's just like, like Priscilla Queen doing, of the Desert sort of. Vibe, yeah, like yeah. I had that kind of vibe. I was like, yo, let's uh, let's all sing. Because this is insane. People are saying insane things all the time. Like 90% of this movie is exposition. 90% of this movie is uh, another person going to... The alien is in the, the moon and in the base, but in the base there's no oxygen. So if you can get the, to the core reactor of the... Th like, let's, let's, let's jazz it up. Let's, let's get people singing. I've, that's the f this is the first time ever that I've heard somebody go, I think it should be a musical. And I've gone, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. hundred percent. Is nothing happens in the movie because too many things are happening. If they could just sing it like, "Oh, I love her, but she's gonna die." Oh no, and then we just move on. And they're like, "Yeah, it's a yeah. musical." They sing exactly what they're thinking. Who gives a shit? That that's that, nice. That I like that. Also, because of the aliens dancing, man. It's like going the Will Smith connection of like Men in Black when he did the song. And in the music video, they're the 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 just black bounce with me, just bounce with me, and all the black yeah, suits come in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the aliens like that was so much more engaging, mm. and uh, you know they're all a hive, so they've all got they're all synced up. They'd yeah. be great at choreography already. The <laughs> queen just does it, and they're all doing it behind her. It would have looked sick. That's great. What would I do, Sam? What do you what do you have for us? I honestly think I would uh, I would turn. Uh, I, I feel like nuts there's very little you can do with it because like you said, Elliot, it does hit so many beats independence day. 
I feel like could be could work better as any other genre, but I would like to make it more like nuts. Again, it's such an easy one, but I want to make it a courtroom drama where the aliens actually have staked a claim on the molten core of the earth and have some fucking reason because I feel like a boring like procedural courtroom drama would be more interesting than the nothing that took up the space between things getting sucked up into an alien spaceship. That's it. And I think this is where like I would go in with the final one, uh, which is the sequel generator, and like leading on from what Sam said, I think this is a this is a big issue. I would love the third Independence Day if there would ever be a third Independence Day. Let's tell it from the aliens' perspective. Mm. Let's do this movie on the ship, and it's the fucking two aliens from the Simpsons Halloween specials. <laughs> like, yeah. There's those guys chatting, talking about how they're going to invade. Because I would love to see the political fallout from two failed invasions, mm. twenty years apart. All right, like now people are still people are still trying to get Tony Blair. They don't know where he is. No one knows where he is. I have no <laughs> idea. No one's seen him in like forty years. Mm. <laughs> I want to know who's this general who's constantly. Uh, fucking green lighting yeah. this invasion for this country what? that for this planet that can't possibly be worth it. It's mm. a good point as well because they explain in this bit that like oh they're just like mining cores. So this isn't even a war for these guys. This is like them going to get some coal. Yeah, and yeah, then they're yeah. like, so they blew up like another ship. What the fuck's going on with, the, with the, who is running these operations? Steve? Like it's like what? Like what the hell? Who's in logistics? Like what? Another queen? Are you serious? That ship was like three thousand miles, man. It's like mm. bigger than the planet. Like, you know, and it took it twenty good- years for them to be like, well, the first mining expedition failed. Let's send another. Mm. And they're like, okay, twenty yeah. years. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, you don't understand. We had problems. The data guys, the guys who are in the cloud came. And you're like, you're talking about the guys who have no physical form? Yeah. yeah. You got killed. <laughs> you got killed off by an email getting sent? <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> also, shout outs to the aliens. Just them make, making like mad, like Vietnam style war movies <laughs> of, of this of this failed invasion. <laughs> They're making like the deer hunter. It's just it's full, it's full metal like, jacket. Just yeah. singing Mickey Mouse, alien Mickey Mouse theme. Just the aliens just talking about this massive trauma in their history that they haven't been able to overcome. It's like, I sent my sons to die for this. This is bullshit. Um, uh, Sam, but what, what, what would you have, Sam, if you had to do a Independence Day 3 or a Nuts 2? It's Independence Day 3. This time, it's very similar, very similar take, but it would have to be we open on this refugee planet of aliens and humans are going there, um, but they've got the bloodlust in them now. They're like, they, they, they toppled a hive queen. They're like, hey, what's this molten core thing all about? And now we're invading them. But like your thing from the alien perspective of like, let's fight off these evil human overlords. Nice. Ali, what do you got for us? Simple. Bigger ship. <laughs> Let's not overthink it. Let's not overthink it, guys. <laughs> I mean, if you cried at the 3,000 miles, you wait, Lincoln, until you've seen Independence Day 3. <laughs> Re-resurgence 2. The vengeance. Re-resurgence it's, 2. It's, it's, 
It is fucking huge, lads. It's massive. I have, yeah, man. I have to in that version. I have to. We have to get Steve Coogan like seeing the ship and being like, "Come off it, Lynn. It's bigger than the sun." I just <laughs> it's have bigger to. than the fucking sun, Lynn. <laughs> that's, don't, that's that's all I want. I don't. The plot can be exactly the same. It's just like a huge, huge ship. That's all it is. Every time. <laughs> um, all right, man. I think I actually think that's all we have. For, uh, mm. have uh, this has been our longest recording uh, by far. Um, by far, I, I got to stop. Um, the amount of podcasts I guessed on where they say that is boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like this has been our fucking our longest <laughs> one we've ever done. And when uh, uh, no, 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 it's all right. It's all right. It's good. It's good. This is good shit. Good shit. Mm. Uh, just uh, give us your uh, uh, social handles again so that we know where to find you. Yeah, of course, man. Ali Woods Gigs, A-L-I-W-O-O-D-S-G-I-G-S. I've been doing sketches during lockdown. If you like sort of short sketch comedy, then come join me and hopefully come see me live when we can go back to gigging. I look forward to being back out there. I'm missing it a lot. So please check me out. And yeah, just Ali Woods and check me out on YouTube as well. Just Ali Woods. I've got some stand-up clips on there if you want to check that out. And I've got my own podcast, as mentioned at the top. All I do is fail. So if you like my chat, come chat to me on there with some guy called like... I don't know his name is like Dan L. Elvy. Dan Elvy. Some dude. He's the intern. He's been interning for years, but it's great. Come, in. Come and listen to that if you if you liked it. All I do is fail. Uh, it's lovely stuff. It's really funny. Um, I've listened to it a fair bit. They do get stuck into the issues as well. So um, if you uh, kind of, you know, done. And, and by when Lincoln says that, people say, oh, they get into the issues. It's like, no, they just get stuck on topics. They like, get so like, stuck. There's a vaccine. Is it come out? <laughs> this is what it is. So yeah, but we talk about every week, sort of the, the issues of the week, and then we have a couple of regular sections. So if you like that sort of stuff, come join for a chat every week. Good fun, good fun. Uh, Sam, is there anything that you want to plug? Not as professionally as Ali who did it there, because he honestly, he just yeah, just aced it. That I, was just I, aced well, it. I, I didn't what? actually. So I've just come back in. I have a thing that I just press, and then I just mime along. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Podcast, no guys. Weirded that out. was like honestly that was like Eminem at the end of 8 Mile that shit was just <laughs> it was a white guy that's, that's the thing yeah. that was I just looked for a bucket to put money into in a way where I was yeah. like I, wait no hang on it's our show um. <laughs> anyway guys yeah this has been People Our Podcast thank you so much Sam and Lincoln, for coming on I really appreciate it donate to our Patreon patreon.com slash bplot you get all the extra Patreon. features on there Patreon yeah yeah I want to plug the 2000 uh, horror sci-fi thriller uh, The Cell with Jennifer Lopez Vince Vaughn and Vincent D'Onofrio it's a fucking banger it's an underrated banger go back and watch that movie mm. Ali any nice. movies you've been watching recently you want to shout out I watched Queen and Slim for the first time on Friday you guys watched that yeah I have I saw it when it opened if you both, what, what did you th- what did you guys think I, I thought I, I, I won't spoil anything. I thought act one, act three, brilliant. Act two, big problems. I was like, it just kind of meandered for me in, in the middle in a way mm. where I was like, it feels like you don't know cohesively what you want this film to be, but either side of it, stunning. Yeah. What do you think, Lincoln? I haven't seen it. I haven't oh, seen right. it. It's on the list. It's on the list, yeah. but um, I look forward to watching it. I, um, I, th- I thought it was great, man. I do agree with you. There are bits where I feel like they reach for the aesthetic over the storytelling. They just like, the cinematography throughout is awesome. I love it. It's beautiful. It makes me miss, I know it's not like the point of the film. It makes me miss those summer evenings, you know? <laughs> like, I just love a sun setting. And, you know, and they're being chased across America for some racism, but it's wonderful. <laughs> the scenery, I'm jealous. 
Um, guys, thank you so much, Ali, for joining us. Genuinely, um, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, sorry, I overtalked. No, but dude, I love talking no, film, talk. and it is genuinely my pleasure with two massive film buffs and to learn from you guys. So that has been great. So thank you very much for having me on. I look forward to getting with you both soon. Yeah, man. All right. Peace. All See right. everyone later. Peace. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.